Welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 141. 141. Yeah, yeah. And this episode is unique, but not unique in the sense that uh, we're doing a level up review. So uh, if you're it's been new, a while. Yeah, if you're new to Pure Hustle Podcast, um, typically our Wednesday episodes are like uh, what's going on in the reselling world, what we're reselling, things that are happening like that, or some kind of themed episode, something about reselling. Sundays, a lot of times we have interviews, uh, but we occasionally do these book reviews where we take a popular book and we read through it and figure out what are some of the principles we can apply to our lives? What can we apply to reselling? Uh, and so this is one of these level up reviews. And today we are reviewing a very popular book, uh, which is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. I mean, a lot of that was, you know, we threw out four options, right, on Instagram. And this is one that people voted for. And so we'll see where we land towards the end of this episode. Uh, did you want to add something? Yeah. I mean, we're going to go into lots of, of detail about like our, our personal opinions about some of those things. Well, that's just what this is. It's yeah. a review. Well, yeah, it's a review. Um, I mean, but the key, the meat of what we're going to be doing is trying to pick out the, the principles that apply, what what can be actually useful and applied in order to better your life, better reselling. Um, and I'm going to just say like right up front, just for, for transparency's sake, um, I, there are some concepts in here, some things that I feel are very helpful and will be very applicable to, to just reselling and mindset in general. Uh, but there are also a lot of things in here that I disagree with. And I think Orlando too, unequivocally, unequivocally just like, just oppose. And so I don't want it to seem like, Hey, we're saying this is a book that we agree with. We're just reviewing the book and saying, Hey, what can we take out of it? And then, um, what is, well, and it's, and it's a good lesson. I mean, it, it's kind of one of those things that you should always be open to reading other people's thoughts, right? Other people's ideas, right? And then you can make the decision because there's a lot of value, right? And, and it, it doesn't matter what background you come from, all different backgrounds can bring some kind of value, right? And so, and we know that Napoleon Hill's book is a very, very popular book, yeah, right? For entrepreneurs, business, real estate. So I had, I had high expectations for this book. Uh, I think there are some takeaways and then there's some things that, as a historian, I kind of have some, I take issue with, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So stay tuned for the whole episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, um, and just really quick, just jumping on that idea of like reading things from different perspectives, even if you read something, you're like, you know what? Um, I didn't, I didn't get tons of value from this, or I didn't think it was so great. Uh, one thing that I really liked, and we'll get to when we get to chapter five, which he talks about education kind of, um, is this idea of always learning, right? Constantly learning, constantly growing. And one of the best ways to do that is to read things from different, different perspectives, different ideas. Uh, and, and maybe you don't always agree with what you're reading, but what you're doing is you're strengthening your mind. You're learning how to, uh, to think deeply about things and then learning how to strengthen your own, uh, arguments and beliefs and stuff. So, uh, I think this is going to be really helpful. And, uh, today we are doing think and grow rich. So we've um, never, we've never given such a defense about what we're about to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important just because, you know, um, it, it is what it is. We're real. We're relevant. No, we're going to keep it real in this episode. And uh, I hope that you know, I know this is the, our, sorry, I, I should have just ended when you ended, but I wanted to add one more thing is that those of you that listen to us for a long time, you know, we always want to keep it real. Right. And so we may disagree. So in the comments below, like if there's anything you're like, no, what, what are you talking about? Or is there anything you really agree with? Let us know. We'd like to know. We always engage. Uh, I love the conversations that we have in the comments. So let us know below. Yeah. Um, and hit that thumb button. And, uh, the and, thumbs up. And try and keep it civil. I mean, Orlando and I, our, our opinions and beliefs are just one, one, 
one view, right? So um, if you hold to different views and you're like, no, I agree completely with what he says, that's perfectly fine. You're, you can make your own decision. So um, this is just where we stand on things. And I think there was a lot, there, there actually were a lot of things that I got out of this. Um, and I think a lot of it is similar to, to, to some of the books we've read in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why is a lot of the kind of influential self-help um, kind of uh, grow yourself type books get a lot of their concepts from this. This is one of the original, mm-hmm. how to kind of uh, focus your life in a certain direction. Uh, and and so it, it's written at a level that's very easy to understand by the common person. So it's not like deep psychological, uh, but it, it's a lot of the foundational things that that we've talked about already, but it's kind of nice getting from the actual source. And so uh, our first chapter is called The Power of Thought. Okay. So what are your thoughts about The Power of Thought? Um, you know... It, it was interesting. So basically, and, and we, we try and do this with all of our books is we try and sum up what's the, the key concept. And there's a few concepts in, in this book, but, but the primary concept that, that Hill provides here is you can kind of control your destiny or control what happens in your life based off the way you think. And I, I do think there's some validity to that. And, and with a lot of qualifications, when, when I say that, I don't think that, that you have ultimate control and you can uh, like change destiny as it were if if that's even something you believe in but what i do think is if you have a a focused mindset if you have a if you're generally optimistic about things then even when hardships come it's easier to roll with the punches as opposed to if you're always negative then things that might even be good you might not enjoy so there's a lot of truth to the way you think about things it has a big influence on the way you interpret the things that happen to you. Does that mean you can control the things that happen to you? Not necessarily, but it does allow you to interpret those things uh, in in various ways. Yeah. And, you know, his story that he has a lot of stories, tells a lot of stories throughout the book. And so the first one is about, I believe his name is Edwin Barnes, right? Yep, and, Edwin Barnes. and he's an individual that was looking, well, he wasn't looking, but he wanted to work with Thomas Edison. Correct, correct. But ultimately, that like that was his goal, right? That was his end game, right? Mm-hmm. That he was going to work for Thomas Edison, but he actually wanted to be a partner with Thomas Edison, mm-hmm. which happens later on, mm-hmm. right? But it's it's interesting because on page now, here's the interesting. We're all in this weird like at, my book isn't going to get delivered to like May first. Yep, yep. <laughs> so yeah, so we did PDF, and I so I we're listen- both on. I'm on a Kindle right now, yeah, and I listened to the Audible version, um, and then yeah, using using uh like a PDF Kindle version. Um, so, and we may even have different versions of the book. So I read the original. I think you may or may not have the original. Also. Oh, by the way, if you read the original version, I don't know if they cleaned it up and now it was a different time, right? So there's a lot it's of, not going to be politically correct. Correct. There's a lot of different languages. So again, you got to be willing to sift through stuff to find the truth. Right. But I, so I can't give page numbers because I don't know what, which one you have. I don't know what our listeners have. Like, what yeah, copy? what is, what is just ma- Highlights some main quotes. So he gives a story about Edwin Barnes, right? Edwin Barnes shows up and meets with, Med- Ed- with Edison and that he basically said that the appearance, like the appearance was important, right? Him going, right? He already had to go on a train. He had to go through all these obstacles. He showed up with Edison. And it, it's not that he tried to convince Edison, Edison about anything. It's that he thought about what he wanted to do with Edison. Yeah. And so basically he says like, you can actualize, like the thing is going to happen the way you think about it. Right. Um, I mean, we hear of, of sports athletes saying the same thing, like 
visualize the shot over and over and over. And then when it goes to happen, you're going to make that shot because you've, you've seen it in your head. And so he's basically applying that to everything. Like if you visualize, like I will get this job, I will, if I think that I'm going to be received well and, and you think it enough and he goes into a lot of depth later on, kind of the key concept is you can control what happens to you by thinking it, um, that, because the way he thought is where it turned out. And in fact, it says this Barnes literally thought himself into a partnership with the great Edison. He thought himself into a fortune. He had nothing to start with except for the capacity to know what he wanted and the determination to stand by that desire until he realized it. And so one thing I, I think uh, kind of a philosophy I have with this, because I know there's a lot of people who stand by this, like you have to have one desire. And if you have that desire, like you can reach your goal. And I think there's there's an element of truth and there's a difference between causation and correlation. And I think uh, one that's thing- That's exactly what I was thinking. Really, exactly what I was thinking. One, one, one thing that I would say, the way I would define this that I think for me is is the more truthful way of saying it would be, you have to be singularly focused in something in order to achieve success in it, but being singularly focused in something doesn't guarantee the success. So I don't think there's anybody who's uh, been the the top 1% of whatever their field is without that being their all-consuming passion in life and focus in life. So I think there's some validity there, but I also think that there are many, many more people who have had just as much singular focus and desire and didn't make it, right? I think I think sports and music are great examples that there's no athlete who made it to the top without devoting their entire life to getting there. But there's a lot of people who've devoted their entire life to getting there and have and genuinely think and believe they'll get there and just don't. And so I think that it's true. If you're not like focused in, in an almost an unusual, unique way to, to achieve maximum success, to make it to that top 1% of something, you're not going to make it there. But just because you're doing that, I, I don't think guarantees you make it there. I feel bad that right off the bat, we're just like, yeah, I don't know about that idea. And, but it, but it's valid. But I mean, there, right? there like, is, well, I'll give you an example and, and you know, he's probably listening. So I'm sorry, but a good friend of mine, like his goal was like, Hey, I'm going to reach a certain level. I'm going to invest on in these stocks. Like things are going to be good. And he invested in stocks right before the pandemic mm. and, and lost all kinds of money. Right. So he thought it, he was thinking about it. It was his sole determination. Like, this is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. Right. But black swan scenario changes all that. Right. And, and that's life. Like that's reality. Like I, I wish I could think things into existence. Yep. Right. I mean, cause I, who's not a daydreamer. Yeah. Right. And I've daydreamed plenty. Now I can't say there hasn't been times where like I thought about something and I imagined myself doing something and next, you know, I am, but I don't believe it's because I thought about it. I think it's because all the hard work that I did to get from point A to point B. And I understood that, Hey, if I put in that work, I'll get there. Right. And so there's kind of interesting messages in this book. And, yeah. and I know right now we're probably contrarian yeah, as far well, as what many people, people thought wrong. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think, and the hard part too is, and again, this is just our opinion. So if you're, if you full heartedly like follow into the, like you can kind of will the universe to follow your path i mean that's if that's your belief like we're not saying like you can't have that view maybe that, we maybe it's because we're just so ignorant that it doesn't yeah. happen to us yeah. so um but you know i, I mean he, he he goes on to say basically that um you can't actually gain riches until uh you have the state of mind that attracts it like that your state of mind attracts certain things and again i think i think with this 
why it's it's hard because it's always hard to argue the counterfactual, right? Like if somebody's successful, you can say it's because they did these things. And if somebody wasn't successful, you could say it's because they didn't do it well enough. But you never know like the counterfactual, right? Like you don't know what what could have happened if, right? So it's difficult to prove these things. And, and there's always going to be anecdotal evidence to prove and there's going to be anecdotal evidence to disprove. Um, but what I would say is like, okay, this idea of attracting riches, I think to me, it's far-fetched, but I understand the concept and like the psychology behind, okay, if I want to have happier people around me, right? And so I'm going to think about like, I'm just going to be a happy, positive person. Well, there's psychology behind the fact, like if you go and you, you're talking with people and you're smiling and you, 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 you're being optimistic about the things you say, then they're going to return that, right? Like we talked about that with mirroring, right? And so mm -hmm. you might say like, hey, I'm always smiling and I'm just going to like put positive vibes out there or however like you want to, you know, articulate that or view that. And there's going to be a certain amount of, I guess, I don't know whether it would be like you attract positivity back or if that positivity could be like contagious, like, hey, you know, if, if my fellow co-workers are, co-workers are negative, but every time I come around, I'm just so positive and then they start being more positive. Th there is an element of truth to like there is an attractiveness to positivity and negativity. Both of them are are contagious. Right. Um, but I don't know if I can like desire money enough to have money come to me. And, and in fact, we'll talk later on. He kind of talks about um you know, the, uh, like you don't have to necessarily work hard for it, but then in other parts, it's like, you got to work hard. It's like, if you think about it enough, if it's your, if it, if it, if it's what you're putting out there and it's what you realize and that's, you're ready for it to happen, then it's going to happen. Then it doesn't take hard work. And I think that kind of goes against a lot of what Pearsall podcast stands for is because we do believe like hard work pays off. And, and of course there is an element of working smarter and yeah, harder. It has to be the right hard work. Right. Yeah. Like just to work isn't going to be enough. Yeah, moving rocks from one side of a room to another is not, is not going to be helpful. Uh, but so it's not just the hardest worker wins, but being making it to the top of anything takes hard work and dedication. And so there is an element of like, yeah, you do need to be dedicated. You do need to be focused and have the singular mindset. Yeah, And you know, he, he, it's, it's interesting because later on, he says Barnes literally thought himself into a partnership with the great Edison, right? And we're talking about Thomas Edison, the great inventor. If you remember from your history class, the light bulb. This is the quote I gave. Am I rereading the yep, exact yep. same quote? Okay, sorry. Well, see, we highlight the same things, right? But, but you know, but there's that point A to point B. I'm just going to reiterate. He thought himself into a fortune. Like, he didn't think himself into a fortune. Like, the idea was there. Right. He had nothing to start with except the capacity to know what he wanted and the determination to stand by the desire until he realized it. Okay. You just said all that. All right. Now, here's a famous one that you see in memes all the time. Right. Have you seen memes of this? Which one? Of the, the three feet from gold? Oh, no, no, no. I don't. Okay. I'm about to read, but go yeah. ahead. No, no. You, I see how you were there. So I was going to let you. Okay. Let me read it real quick. So he, he goes from there and he talks about there's a story of this miner that they were mining gold for a long time. Right. And they were making money and then it just stopped. But if they had just gone three more feet, they would have killed it, right? And the next person that, you know, took up the mine, they ended up very wealthy. So the quote is, one of the most common causes of failure is the habit of quitting when one is overtaken by temporary defeat. Every person is guilty of this mistake at one time or another. Yeah, this is, I've seen many memes or many like, you know, Instagram posts on this kind of thing of this idea of like somebody like in a pickaxe in a mine and then they like put it down and they're like, I give up and they're walking away and literally just yeah. inches away is like what they're looking for. And that is a, a, a truth. Like you don't want to give up too soon. But but one of the things that I think is a little scary with, with something like this is, and I, I recently read a book by an author I, I, I trust a lot and I, I, I esteem highly. And he kind of said similar things of like, don't have a plan B, but he qualified that with a very, and I thought it was very 
unique way of, of putting it, but you're not saying you're not going to adapt or change. And I think that's a mindset that is more helpful is, is don't, don't give up, but there's a difference between not giving up and not having a plan B and being so focused, you're not willing to adapt. Cause that's a problem too, is you could be so focused on something that's the wrong path to go down. And instead of saying, you know what, I'm focused on being a successful reseller that sells used electronics. Okay. And you're working on it and you're failing. There's none, nothing to source in your area. And you're like, but I'm never going to give up on this. And you keep going. And you could have like pivoted a little bit and be like, you know what? Clothes was my my market. And if you're so focused and not like, well, I don't want to have a plan B. I don't want to give up on this. Or maybe it's maybe reselling. You found something else. You could have made more money. Like, well, this real estate opportunity opened up, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to make it as a reseller. But if things are are moving, like I, I, I like the idea of you have a target, you have to have a target or you're never going to reach your goals. But your target throughout life is going to shift. You have kids, you get married, um, you your job, you know, your full time job, you get fired from like any, anything can happen and you, your target should be willing to change. But you shouldn't like be with the target with a plan B behind you. Does that make sense? Like, no, I mean, he, so he talked, I mean, well, I think we're jumping a little, but he talks about, he, he doesn't say his name, but Cortez, right? There's a mm-hmm. famous story of Cortez when he landed. Burn the ships. Yeah. Burn the ships behind you. Like no turning back, conquering Montezuma and all that stuff. Right. And th- I think there's something to be said about that. I would say myself, and I'll, I want to get back to the minor story, but as a reseller, I, when you go full time, I, th- I think there's, there's value in that. Um, I, you know, I, I think about right now, like with, with the pandemic that's happening. It's so crazy that we're still saying that. Um, can't wait to be done. So when things really started going bad initially, I was like, oh, like, you know, and I had mentioned this in another podcast. Do I need to get another cheating job? Do I need to pick this up? Do I need to find ways? And I was like, nope, like this is what I'm doing and I'm going to make this happen. And I'm all for the better. Like sales have not been this great since Q4 and actually things are going really well right now. Right. So I think when you leave a little bit of a crack for an option, and I'm not saying don't have a savings. I'm not saying, you know, don't take precautions, but I do think there's some value to not having a backup plan. I know that sounds crazy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, don't have the like, I'm going to try this, but if it doesn't work, I'm going to do this. Like, and, and you should be smart. Like you, you. Um, you should have like, I'm going to try really hard to get elected as whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to run for mayor of my city or whatever it is you're doing. And I'm going to put all of my focus on it and I'm going to work towards achieving that. But I want to make sure that if that doesn't happen, like I I'm not burning all of my life savings on it. Right. Like I, I, I can fall back on something, but at the same time, if you go into like, I'm going to run for mayor, but you know, if that, does, and, and you already have in your mind, the excuses to quit, then you're going to quit. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the idea is like, don't, don't give yourself the excuse ahead of time. I'll quit if, so don't give yourself the quitting excuses ahead of time because otherwise you'll quit. Um, go for it. But if things change and adapt, be willing to adapt with it. Agreed. Agreed. Now, going back, sir, let me read it real quick. You know, he said, they sold the machinery to a junk man for a few hundred dollars and took the train back home. Some junk men are dumb, but this, not this one. He called in a mining engineer to look at the mine and do a little calculating. The engineer advised that the project had failed because the owners were not familiar with the fault lines. His calculations showed that the vein would be found just three feet from where the Darby's had stopped drilling. That exactly where it was found. The junk man took millions of dollars in ore from the mine because he knew enough to seek expert counsel before giving up. And I think... There's a very important principle in there, right? There's two. One is just because something hasn't worked for someone doesn't mean it's not going to work for you, right? There's maybe, like you said, there's a pivot point or maybe there's something that person missed. And then there's another one of seeking counsel, 
Yeah, that's good. That's right? Good. I mean, I, you know, a lot of you listen to Pierce of Podcast because we know a little bit, right? But there's others in the community that know a lot more, right? So just because something's working doesn't mean that everything that you're doing is wrong. Maybe there's just one thing that somebody that knows more than you can guide you in the right direction and it can pivot your whole business or it can pivot your marriage or it can pivot your life. I mean, pivot your child rearing. What child, they say child rearing, child raising, whatever you want to call it. That's a real word, but yeah. it's old school. Old school. Right? We're but reading the OG version of the book. So that's it. That is 1937. But uh, whatever you, you know, you're, you're thinking about, like, don't, Throw it away just because you aren't able to seek expert counsel before doing, especially when it's a very drastic move, especially when it's reselling. Like if you've been doing reselling for a while and you're not making sales, ask somebody, ask us, DM us, ask, you know, hey, Orlando, I have all these listings. I'm only getting, you know, a sale every few days. What is going on? I see, you know, da, 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 da. And then Maybe some, because I've had it before where people ask me and I say, well, maybe you should do this. And then they come back to me a week later. They're like, Orlando, yeah, that's it. Like, that's what was missing. And not saying there's anything great about me. I've just done this a little bit longer than you. Right. And so, and if, and for us all the time, I go to people that are experienced resellers and go, listen, I got this inventory here. How would you make it happen? Or I've been sitting on this. I don't know what to do. What do you think? And I've listened to their suggestions and it's worked. That's good. Uh, and that kind of leads us into the next chapter, uh, which is desire. Um, and this one, he gives a very specific six step uh, plan. And there's some stories we'll talk about a little bit, kind of how this all works together. But he gives a six step plan specifically on making money. And the six steps go like this. First, he says to fix in your mind the exact amount of money you desire to achieve, right? So, you know, I want to make a million dollars. I want to have, and we hear similar things with like 10X rule and things like that, mm -hmm. right? Like have a set goal. Then second is determine exactly what you're willing to do to uh, commit to do to receiving that amount of money. So I want to make a million dollars by reselling, right? Uh, then it says next, specify an exact date by when you want to achieve it. Right? I want to make a million dollars by reselling uh, in five years. But see, I think those are very valuable. Yeah, they're valuable. You know, uh, fourth, create a plan and take the first steps immediately. Okay, so I want to make a million dollars by reselling in five years. And to do that, I need to list X amount of items per day. Uh, the next step is, and then describe your desire in a clear and concise sentence. So make it one very specific sentence. And finally, read this state uh, the sentence out loud twice daily. It says once in the morning, once when you go to bed, and just have it focused and set in your mind. And I think that's very big on like the Grant Cardone, like like I will have X amount of apartment buildings by this date. And, and I think that writing down your goal, saying it a couple times a day. So that's your focus. And he, he specifically says, say these things as if it's already happened. It's not just like I will, but like I've made a million dollars by this date. Like, so, um, and part of it is this specifically is your, you create that to happen because your thoughts, um, I would maybe say that your thoughts allow you to take the actions to make it happen. Um, so, I definitely think there's a lot of value here. I think there's tons of value in writing down goals, being specific and having that target to to reach. Well, but it's focus. Yeah, focus. Right. Ultimately, it's focus because one of the big issues, I mean, I share this all the time openly, is that I kind of just go with things, mm -hmm. right? And I would say in reselling, I do have goals. Like, I, you know, I've, I, who was it that asked? Did I share or somebody asked that, you know, what does reselling look like for you from this point? Like, what do you plan? Or somebody, oh, it was on IG Live. Hey, what is your plan as a result of this pandemic, as a result of everything going on and business still moving? And, you know, for me, it's, hey, I want to move to a larger property. I want to have 
my storage on my property. Like I don't want to have to rent from anybody else. So that's a tangible goal. My tangible goal is, <laughs> I hate throwing it out there, but it's, it's a year from now, right? A year from now, I want to be in a place where I'm looking and I can move into that. And, but that's based on a lot of things like, the, you know, re- real estate has to go down in price, right? Uh, you know, it's reselling has to hit a certain level. But if I have all those written down and I'm checking those boxes, it's more likely I'll achieve that goal than if I just willy nilly just go, well, I'm going to just keep making sales and hopefully eventually I'll land there. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, like we've talked about this in, in the past, like there is there is occasionally elements of luck. But like we talked about with Richest Man in Babylon, it's more about being willing to seize opportunities um, because luck, I mean, it's one of those things like, yeah, there are people who it's like, they're just doing their thing and they come across some property and they find a person who they know who's willing to sell it for super cheap. Like occasionally that happens and people do jump on those opportunities, but you're right. If you are saying like, if that is what you legitimately want and want a, a bigger property, I want storage on the property. I want these things. Then will you necessarily get it? Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no, but your chances of achieving that are significantly higher than if you didn't even think about that at all a year from now, five years from now, if you had no desire to get have that happen, then it's the chances of it happening are almost nothing. Whereas if it's your desire and your focus and every day you're taking steps to reach it, the chances of that happening are significantly higher because you've got a target. I mean, it's it's I, I think that's probably one of the best takeaways from this book, and it's in so many others too. It's just that idea, like you have to be specific about what you want. And it's, I don't think that, like I said earlier, I don't think that just wanting those things enough makes it happen. You have to take the right actions and it still might not work. I mean, I know of a person who they dedicated their entire life, like a family who's dedicated their their entire life so that their daughter can make it to the Olympics as a figure skater, right? Mm -hmm. And they worked really, really hard. I mean, literally homeschooled, skated for hours and hours a day, was an incredible figure skater and because of some injuries and just because of, I mean, was probably in the top 10% of, of figure skaters ever or of that, that, you know, at the time, but still not enough to make it into the Olympics. Right. And so just because you want, it doesn't mean it happened. But if, if she would have never been desired to do it, she would have never made it, you know? So it's like desiring it doesn't make it happen, but it, it, it allows you to, to, to get there. So you've got to have a target and so that goes, I think, writing down your goal, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, I don't think saying a specific amount of money is going to make that money come to you, but I think it gives you a, a focus that you can start moving towards that money, if that makes sense. And, you know, while we're saying this, like, if if you disagree with it, let us know. Like, did you, have you, have you become rich as a result of implementing that philosophy? I'd like to know. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, I mean, we see it everywhere, right? And we know from the, <clears throat> some of the, self-help gurus that and they they claim this to be true right and maybe some of you do too and maybe it's helped you we just want to know right we're always willing to learn so when we're here like you know pushing and prodding and trying to figure this out it's part of it is like okay let's let's be real about this let's investigate this let's see how true this is and and that's why we'd love to hear from you guys and what your thoughts are on this all right so it's interesting because he he mentions um I, I am still in chapter, am I still in chapter one? You're already in chapter two, aren't you? Yep. Okay. So <laughs> well, we're some... almost 30 minutes in. So if we're, uh, oh, we're man. on chapter one still. This always happens to our books, but it's okay. All right. So it goes to the plan, right? Write out a clear plan, read your written plan. Hey, listen, there's something powerful. I wanted to add to what you're saying about reading stuff out loud. 
right? It's a, it's a, it really, there is psychological fact behind it. Now, that psychological fact that if I keep saying I will be a millionaire, I will be a millionaire, that I'll be a millionaire. But, you know, whether you're dealing with self-esteem issues, whether you're dealing with, you know, issues of, of that you're recovering through therapy, whether it's, you know, trying to establish goals, like it does help you see things how they really are. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if you're, you're just going like, Hey, you know, I'm never going to achieve this goal. But if you have it written down, like, Hey, I was able to do this by this time. Hey, I've already made this net income. I've already reached it. And you verbalize, they definitely do help. I mean, self-talk is a real thing. It's not, we're not, I'm not taking away from that, but it's the, the actualization component that I think we're struggling with a little bit. Am I safe to say that? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's the application. Cause I think, I think there's a fair amount where, where I agree with like, if you take the right steps, like for instance, towards the end, he makes this comment. I don't even know if it's towards the end of this chapter, but he says, we have the same, we have the same thing highlighted. Oh, do, do Are we, we going to read this right yeah, here? I'll, I'll read it. So, okay. Uh, the steps call for no hard labor. And this goes back to that idea that I was saying, like, I don't want to ever, we're very big on not like get rich. Quick, maybe right? we have it wrong. Maybe, maybe don't, we, don't we're working so. too hard. I, I don't think so. I think, I mean, we might upset some, some listeners by, by saying this, but I, I, I don't think we're in a bad place by saying whatever you want to do, you can be, you can be passionate about it. You can have fun with it. You can be very successful, but real success does take hard work. Now you can enjoy that hard work, but it takes hard work. This says, though, the steps call for no hard labor. They call for no sacrifice. They do not require one to become ridiculous or credulous to apply them calls for no great amount of education, but the successful application of these six steps does not call for sufficient imagine or does call for significant sufficient imagination to enable one to see and to understand that accumulation of money cannot be left to chance, good fortune, and luck. I agree with that. One must realize that all uh, who have accumulated great fortunes first did a certain amount of dreaming, hoping, wishing, desiring, and planning before they acquired money. And I, I, I agree with that part. Like, But I think the big part of that is there's some desiring, but there's also planning. And I think you have to implement that. And I think some people will take principles from this um, and, and maybe I'm not being fair uh, by saying this, but and just focus on the no hard work. All I've got to do is dream about it. But I think dreaming is a step to planning and action. But there's so many dreamers. I mean, let's be real. Like, grow, I still know guys that I can go back home and they're still dreaming. Right. They're 40 years old like I am. And it's as if we're still in high school. Yep. And it's because they don't implement the last part, which is actually planning and then action. Like, you've got to do those things, too. Yeah, I agree. I'm now, I don't know. I, you know, I, I struggle with this because I'm thinking about different I'm thinking about Michael Jordan, like Michael Jordan, you know, the famous story, he got cut from the sophomore team and he went and he practiced and he practiced and he practiced, right? Dominic Wilkins, I'm talking about basketball stories, but you know, anybody, Will Smith or, or the rock or, you know, you bring all these people that have been motivational. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't known many that have just said like, yeah, I just kept thinking about it. And I just kept going. I just kept thinking about it and it happened. Like I haven't, I haven't personally read a testimony like that. Yeah. And I do think though, like I, to, to, to try and understand the, the mindset of, again, it goes back to, you're not going to reach that success unless that is your, your entire focus. Like all of those people, the reason they got where they were is they refused to be average. They refused mm -hmm. to give up. They refuse, and it goes back to like, don't have a plan B. That's their entire focus. But I think for every Michael Jordan story, for every rock story, there's significantly more people who, and just to be fair, gave everything, worked just as hard, 
and weren't successful. And so I think that the 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 exception doesn't always prove that it's a fact, right? And I again, I don't think those people could make it unless they had that. So if you want to be a musician, you need to be just absolutely 100% focused and it has to be your entire drive and life or you'll never make it in that industry and make it to the top. But I think there's so many people who who desire and genuinely work and and I almost feel like there's a there's a pressure of the people who fail at that, then they can almost feel like I didn't. And he talks about in the next chapter, like faith, I didn't have enough faith. I didn't try. I didn't think enough about it. I didn't. And I I don't want it to seem like it's that. And I do think that there's a certain element of like your thoughts can change the way you interpret the world and, and how you focus. But I don't think that um, just by like speaking it into existence. And if you didn't do it is because you didn't have enough faith or you didn't have enough. See, but focus. I think this requires faith. Yeah. You need to have faith if if you want this. I mean, not saying that I I don't know, <laughs> but it, to make this happen, to fit into this perspective, it requires a lot of faith. It requires faith as much as I would say any religion. I think I would probably say it's a religion in itself, mm-hmm. right? Because to go from point A it's to a point, belief system, it's a it's yeah. it's it's the worldview. It's what it comes down to. Yeah, a- you have to you have to believe that it is true. And so again, maybe maybe we're off because we're struggling with that part. I don't know, but. I think that is a very key component. And so, and he talked about that, about faith. Do you want to jump into that chapter? Yeah. Um, as we jump into that chapter, um, and with that desire right before that, um, we'll just give a brief, like example of that is he gives an example of his son who's born without ears. His son was deaf. Um, and I, I want to say Wait, there's, hold, hold on. Let's talk about social media real quick okay. before we jump into that one. All right. Hey, if you haven't had a chance yet, you can follow us. I hope you still follow us after yeah. this level up review. People are like, unsubscribe. <laughs> uh, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. And not everything that we drop on there is as heavy as this level up review discussion. Yeah. Uh, we are very reseller focused, uh, but we like to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, you can also find us at Pure Soul Cast on Twitter. Uh, you can always follow us on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast. Hit that notification in case, you know, and sometimes we do drop Beep. other things that are not on the podcast. And you can always give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738-1170. Hey, if you have something that you want to share about what we're talking about right now, let us know and we may play it on air, right? Yeah. I'd love to, you know, go full circle on this. Is it full circle or come back? Sure. 180, yeah. something like that. All right. We'll circle back. Circle back. There you go. And you can always uh, shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com. By the way, I know some of you have emailed and we haven't gotten back to you. We're working through it. I mean, we have messages all the way from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok <laughs> to to the voicemail. To, I mean, it's busy. So we will be getting back to you. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you to the guys that have bought shirts. We've had shirts selling during this. We haven't even asked anyone. So thank you, guys. They're super soft. They are. They are. And... uh What's the other part? Oh, yeah. 619-738-1170. 619-738-1170. You give us a call. And the biggest way you can always help us is uh, by writing a review on iTunes. Uh, th- that does a lot of for us, especially when you write out a nice detailed one. We have some great ones on there. And uh, so really appreciate all the help you've given us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So just quickly, and I know that we'll just, I only want to talk about this for a few seconds because I don't want to like, I don't want to beat a dead horse on this. Right? Is that okay? Uh, well, we, we what, what are you uh, just about? the 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 his child who was born uh deaf without you know okay. ears. um he you can tell he's got he believes in what he believes uh, but he makes this comment that like when his child was born he refused to accept what the doctor said and he like my son will hear 
And I think there is an absolute great mindset to have if you have any kind of um, obstacle in your path, whether it's a, a handicap or disability or anything that makes life where you've got more obstacles to overcome, there is absolutely nothing wrong with saying, I will overcome this, whatever it takes. Now, I also think that there is a fine line, and it, this isn't just like a health thing, but like with every aspect of your life, between like determination and delusion. And I think the hard part is... <clears throat> Um, like he was his, his child and medical professionals and his teachers were recommending like the child learn sign language. The child could, could communicate well. And he refused. He said, my child will never learn sign language because he's going to live a normal life. He will hear. And eventually the, you know, the anecdotal story that gets told here is, is they eventually find, uh, uh, electronic hearing devices that help his child to hear somewhat. Um, and he attributes it to the belief. But I think the hard part is the determination that my child will live a normal life, quote unquote, um, and and will hear that kind of determination, I think, and this is again, this is just my opinion, is actually detrimental. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, here's the obstacles that that you are going to have to face in your life. You're going to like learning sign language is a way to be able to communicate. And by by withholding that from the child in order to say, but my faith is enough, um, it actually hurt the child because the child wasn't able to communicate in ways that that are set up and designed so that people who are hearing impaired can, you know, communicate. I mean, that's a, a, a so I just want to say, like, try and find that line between determination. I will live an, a, a life that is to the fullest, but I'm not going to be delusional. I'm not going to refuse the things that are actually going to help me overcome these obstacles because I think that something that might be impossible will happen. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, and we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, you're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, and your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. 
Does that make sense? No, it does. Does now. To be fair to the author, it's a different time. A different time, true. Right. So it's kind of like I, I was. I was. You know, it's interesting. My son and I were talking the other day, and um, <clears throat> we're we're in a we're in a different place where back then, like, if you weren't considered like normal, or whatever, mm-hmm. like you could be institutionalized or right. you wouldn't have access to education. So it's a different time. But I wonder like how much he missed out on his son's life. Mm-hmm. Right. With the inability to, I mean, cause it wasn't until he, like, he was like in college right. where, and so I don't know, it made me sad. Yeah. I mean, I think of like the, the perfect example. And um, I recently read a book that, that I think is good on this, this idea of like having, and he mentions this later um, of almost having like heroes that we follow. And I think that's good. I think in our society, we have to have, the right kinds of heroes or the reason I teach literature is because even though these are, are fake stories, like we can take elements of characters or, or the idea themes and stories and say like, these are things worth imitating. These are values or these are, and I might not live up to them perfectly, but I want to look like a piece of this and a piece of that. And we can kind of have heroes that help focus our mindset. And I think it's good when we look at somebody like Helen Keller and we say like, this is a hero. This is a person who had to overcome extreme obstacles and did overcome so many of those obstacles and lived an incredibly full life because they were willing to overcome those obstacles. And she became a leader of the Socialist Party. I mean, as a and with with the communication she was able to do. Right, exactly. Like, think about. But I mean, imagine though, if it was like, you, we're, I'm not going to teach my child how to do sign language because my child will see and hear. Like that would be that well, would be that, terrible. Well, that's what I'm saying is is idea that you know. I think Helen Keller is a hero in her own right for the ability to be able to communicate the way that she did, right? right. Wherever you land on, on her beliefs and all that, mm-hmm. I'm not discussing that. I'm just talking about that's somebody who faced adversity, right? Right, And, and was able to take that adversity and, and make it into something she wanted to make it, right? She gave herself options. And so, so yeah, I, I, I struggle with that. And um, I don't know. It, there's... <laughs> It's interesting, and and we'll talk about this a little bit later. But there's no corroboration to the story. Mm. That's where I struggle as a historian. Yeah. I struggle because I looked and I looked and I looked, and I was trying to find corroboration. I, I just I, I couldn't find it. All right, but let's we'll we'll get back to to some of that later on here. All right. um, so the next chapter is faith. Um, we talked about faith a little bit already. Do you have anything specific in there that you wanted to to address? I mean, because because this does take a certain amount of faith, and his his the concept he presents is that. You know, you need, you can't, uh, he describes it's difficult to explain how faith is created, but you, uh, he argues that it's repetition, that you, if you repeat something enough to yourself that subconsciously you'll believe it and that's how faith is created. And I, I disagree with that definition of faith, um, but I understand where he's coming from with, you know, like if you repeat a concept over and over and over, then you believe it um, and then it's true for you and then it's faith. Um, but I, I look at faith a little differently than that. Um, what did you think about that definition? So I, I think he, well, he doesn't, he doesn't just, sorry. He doesn't just keep it. My, my Kindle died on my Mac. So I'm going to my phone here. Uh, so when, when he talks about faith, yeah, he does say repetition of affirmation of orders. to your subconscious mind is the only known method of voluntary development of the emotion of faith. Right. So he's very big on subconscious and yeah, there's a lot to be said about the subconscious. You know, we battle it all the time. I mean, there's different beliefs as far as in psychology, but you know, we function the way we function based on the way we were raised, which eventually ends up in the subconscious. And sometimes, you know, you talk about like, why are you really upset about something? You may not be upset at a certain specific thing. There might be a hidden issue. I think we talked about that in one of our books. 
So he he does break down. He goes into this whole thing like faith is this, faith is not right. So I I see your definition of faith where he does mention that, but he says you know faith is the basis of all miracles and all mysteries which cannot be analyzed by the rules of science. Okay, that's true, right? He says faith is the only antidote for failure, possibly, right? Faith is the element, the chemical which when mixed with prayer gives one direct communication with infinite intelligence. I I needed him to define what infinite intelligence was. I don't know, did you get a definition for that, what that was? I mean, it's hard because, um, you know, there's like, so many different worldviews and religions. Is he talking about God? Yeah. Is he talking about... I, I, think, I think when you when people speak like this, and, and we we probably have some listeners who... If we're dead wrong, camp, let us know. Um, so, so I don't mean to, to like offend this belief system, but like, I think this is a way of kind of almost a postmodern look of like truth. Like, like... Uh, some people can have whatever, like maybe for you, it's, it's Christianity. Maybe for you, it's Buddhism. Maybe for you, it's just the universe. Maybe for you, it's, it's your own self. Like, but there is something that you can connect to and it doesn't matter what you call it. Um, and so I think that's a way of saying like basically addressing all religions at once. So without like saying like, okay. you know, one specific religion, but like by saying, you know, ultimate intelligence, like, well, maybe for you, that's Christianity, according to Hill, or maybe for you, that's whatever, maybe for you, that's, that's the universe, or he talks about the ether and, and vibrations in the ether. So um, I think that's just a way of kind of trying to broad brush faith, worldviews, religions, and, and, and accommodate all of them, and no matter what you believe. Interesting. I was just trying to figure it out. I, I didn't know. So then eventually goes, every one of the foregoing statements is capable of proof. The proof is simple and easily demonstrated. It is wrapped up in the principle of auto-suggestion, which you were talking about earlier. Let us center our attention, therefore, upon the subject of self-suggestion. Find out what it is and what it is capable of achieving. And then it goes into, it is, I'm sorry, I'm reading too much. It is a well-known fact that one comes finally to believe whatever one repeats to oneself, whether the statement be true or false. If a man repeats a lie over and over again, he will eventually accept the lie as truth. Moreover, he will believe it to be the truth. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure um, in the context of reselling how, or or just not not just reselling. <laughs> no, maybe it's like I am going to score yeah. this week. No, but 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 not even just okay. So any element of life, I'm not sure how helpful this is for self help though, because it, I understand like you can you can believe falsehood. I absolutely believe there are people who genuinely believe something that's false, and they may even originally know it's do you think false. people can lie to themselves like do you think that like in the deep core do they do they believe the lie they created about who they are yeah absolutely and really? I, I don't always know like sometimes it's it, it may be and and again i'm not a psychologist so i i, I want to be very careful when i talk about certain things because i know there are different like specific mental disorders and i know that there are um you know, things that, that are outside of my expertise. So I'm not speaking on any authority here, but, but I just think like a, a common example is a person who uh, maybe has an eating disorder, right? And they genuinely believe in their heart that they are overweight or that they are not okay, enough, no, no. right? I, and I'm, so they, okay. they've come now, whether or not that is a chemical thing, I, I, I can't speak on that, but I do think that somebody can believe something that's false, genuinely believe it. Um, or, or, or there's plenty of examples of people kind of, um, like retroactively creating past events in their life that may have never happened to them, right? That, okay, so that's a great point. I mean, I, I agree with you. I have friends that have dealt with scenarios like that and they truly believed like what they believed. Like it didn't matter what evidence you shared, like that was their truth mm -hmm. to them. And as a historian, yes, that is very true. I, I even myself, uh, back in the day, my friends would be like, Orlando, that is not what happened. I'm like, no, that's exactly how it happened. They're like, nope, that is not how it happened. So yeah. Okay, I guess you can convince yourself of something that didn't happen or that you can convince of yourself that something 
that may not happen can happen. Yep. Yeah. But but then again, is that helpful? So how do you know if, if that's true then if you can if you can believe something Man, this that's is such false, a philosophical <laughs> podcast i hope you guys are still listening to us appreciate all of you but if you can if you can believe something that's false then what's to prevent and and again this is just to try and say like okay like if i can will myself to be successful then how do you know you haven't that the faith you have isn't a lie right like isn't like that you've convinced yourself that this is going to work or that it has worked or it's going to work or whatever you want to think about like i will use this principle and it will make me wealthy how do you know if, if what he's saying is true then maybe all you've done is had faith and convinced yourself of a lie. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, I feel like we're running, we're going in circles here. Yeah. Right. Not, not that you're doing anything wrong. It's just the idea of that. It's a hard concept to understand that like, Hey, we can basically trick ourselves into believing that something will happen. And if we do, then it will happen. Mm. Right. And maybe we're too, nat- we're too much of a naturalist. Like maybe that's our, I don't know. I just, it, it's hard. And I would say I've lived in enough life and seen en- enough individuals go and myself go through scenarios where I thought things were a certain way. I believe things were a certain way. I did things a certain way. And A plus B did not equal C. And that, that's where my struggle is with this. Yeah. And then, but then again, it's like, is it because you had a plan B? Did you give up too early? Is it like, so you can't argue the counterfactual. So I think the hard part is somebody could say, well, these principles still would have worked for you if you wouldn't have given up from the gold, uh, the, the, the gold mine three feet away, right? Like maybe yeah. you didn't believe enough. Maybe you didn't. So it's really hard to prove or disprove something like this. Um, and, and it leads us into chapter four, which is auto-suggestion, which basically is kind of an uh, accumulation of everything we've talked about so far of you know, you, you can control your subconscious. And one of the big aspects that he says here is um, with the faith, with those six steps, and he goes back to those six steps, is you can't just say it dryly. There has to be a certain amount of emotion because your brain will, will your subconscious will gather things that have strong emotions. And I think there's some truth to the fact that like, they've they've proven without a doubt scientifically that like when something traumatic happens, w- whether you have extreme emotions, positive or negative, it affects like your ability to remember something. So like it, it, the first time you meet the, the person of your dreams and you have this moment that's so special, maybe you're like, you have so much excitement that that memory is burned into your, your, your mind and it has a different impact on you or the same thing if something really terrible happens to you. So I do think that emotions play a strong impact on how our brains are able to retain things or believe things. Um, so there's definitely some truth to that. Again, though, the idea of auto-suggestion is that you can um, kind of, I will be successful. I will be successful. And I think that, I don't want to dismiss that because I don't, I, I know there are people who struggle with um, like insecurity, right? And this that that might be what they need. They might need to be able to look at themselves in the mirror and say, you know what? I I am capable of of overcoming this obstacle. I am capable of but achieving success. There's a difference between something that's already true that you're not seeing and something that is an unforeseen truth that you're trying to force yourself to see. Like I will be a professional basketball player. Like if I started saying that right now, correct. Like, you know, I'm Orlando, you know, I have friends. I don't know. Let's say I'm having a rough time. Well, let's say I'm having a rough time, right? Like I what think am I'm, I Orlando. Come I, on I know. I think I'm a nobody. Right. So, you know, I say, well, yeah, you know what? I am respected. I am cared. I am loved. Da, 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 da. And I say these things like those are true, right? Those are true. I, I hope they're true. Oh, I see what you're saying. So you're saying like you can you can repeat truths to yourself. Yeah, and and those help. Where I struggle with is if if a I'm going to be a 
pro basketball player. Now, at this stage, maybe that, uh, that no, that 130 million percent not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But maybe when I was 14 and I was a point guard on my JV team, maybe. Yeah, maybe if you would have implemented the six steps. But then. then if I only, you know, unless I was Muggsy Bogues or Spud Webb, like chances are that there's not many that can play at the pro level that are 5'8". Yeah, and then the other thing too is... um Oh man, I totally lost where I was going with that. That makes for a very engaging podcast, right? When you're like, I'm in mid thought and I, fr- I lose it. Oh, it's because you were thinking of what to say. No, I'm joking. So, okay. But I was talking about, I, I could maybe be a pro player if I thought about this when I was 14, but right now it's not going to happen. So, but again, I, I don't know. I, it, it seems like we're just like, we're, we are very contrarian in this podcast. Yeah. But again, I don't want to. I don't want to remove the fact that like these are helpful things in in certain ways. Like I, I believe that specifically for reselling, I think we talk a lot about like things that can impact your whole life. Mm-hmm. But like you can say like I, and this even goes back to like the five second rule. It goes, I mean, it goes back to so many of the books that we read. Like when you wake up, you could say like I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to garage sales today. I am going to list ten items. I list. I will list ten. I and you like you can make it happen by your your thought process or you can get up and you can have the thought process of like, man, I can't like, uh, I'm just too lazy. I'm too, and, and you can, the way you interpret the world will have drastic impact on your action. So I definitely think there's benefits to writing your goals, being specific, being singularly focused. And I'll be honest, like I, I know for a fact, like I, I do well reselling. I'll be able to make money reselling. It's a great part-time job for me, but I don't think like, I don't have it in me to be a multimillionaire reselling. I just don't have that desire. Now, if I were to be 100% like every waking moment and every You need to get up every thought, morning and you need to say that. That Well, but that that's the thing. I, I wouldn't believe that Like, because I, I, I don't have the desire for it. But I, I do think like if I if that was my singular focus, my chances of getting there are, are way higher. And going back to the 10X rule, if I go even 10 times higher, my chances of getting to the goal that I really want is there, right? So I think I could make infinitely more not infinitely but significantly more money than i'm currently making reselling if that was my well, only maybe it's focus. a priority thing i mean think and grow rich but in this book it's grow rich like wealthy yeah. right for us like richness isn't found in wealth and wealth i got a question for you so yeah. what and, and a big part of this kind of requires i mean even going back to the thomas edison thing of like having like this is the one thing like i will achieve i i don't know i mean there's things like family wise and 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 spiritually and things like that that like that are my, my primary focuses in life. But I would say like, I don't know, like if I have one thing that's like, this is the thing that I will, I'm going to be the best at. Do you have anything like that? That you're like, I'm going to be the best blank Mm. or I'm going to reach this specific goal. I mean, there was, there was a point in time when I was in in education, you know, I, I'm going to be the best administrator. I will be ahead of school. I will be da 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 da. But again, there were curveballs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't matter. I mean, I probably mentally, I know I said it to myself multiple times. I I always told myself, like, I'm going to be different than everybody else. I'm going to, you know, turn things around. I'm going to make this happen, blah, 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 blah. But there were circumstances that were out of my control that didn't allow some of those things to happen. Right. So, so yeah, there, there are point in times. I mean, when I was in, in, in school, like I definitely was like, I'm going to be the best basketball player on the court didn't happen but yeah there there was there was that but that's that's what i mean it, it's 
Because sometimes I'm almost jealous of people who have like that, like. But I think there needs so to be self awareness, like that. That I'm very as I get older, I'm very big on self awareness. I I think dedication, delusion, right? Like, yeah, I I think the, I think it, and it's it's a hard one. I think, you know, it's interesting. I was watching somebody the other day. They're pursuing a career on something, and they've been doing it for ten years. And it was in, it was <laughs> my boy Gary V. So. Somebody was talking to him and I think she was trying to be like a book writer or something and for 10 years and she just could never get the sales, but she really believed in it. And he had asked her like, Hey, have you been shooting YouTubes of yourself and being out there on social media? And she said, no. And he's like, well, you clearly have the skill to do that. That may be the reason you're not achieving what you want to do. And I thought that's pretty interesting because after 10 years, a lot of us would have been like, okay, obviously this is not what I'm supposed to do, but it goes back to that principle early on, which I think was important that seeking wise counsel. Right. And so I think, I think there comes, comes a place where like, yes, you should drive and you should have desire. Like I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that, but it needs to be self-awareness. And sometimes those that you respect and you hold high as far as in esteem, because they know what they're talking about they should give you wise counsel. I'm not, you know, I I am a big believer not caring about what people think, but I, I'm also a big believer that there are certain people that you should care about what they think because they've gone down that road and they know more than you do. That's good. Right. Is that, I feel like I just contradicted myself. No, I mean, I think that's good. I think it's fair. Um, do you have anything else you want to add to this before we get to our education chapter? Yeah. Specialized um, knowledge. Specialized knowledge. So I, I think it's, it's interesting because he says here, let us here offer suggestions for the effective use of concentration. When you begin to carry out the first of the six steps, which instructs you to fix in your own mind the exact amount of money you desire. So we're going back to about chapter one. Hold your thoughts on the amount of money by concentration or fixation of attention with your eyes closed until you can actually see the physical appearance of the money. Do this at least once each day. As you go through these exercises, follow the instruction given in the chapter on faith and see yourself actually in possession of the money. And then he goes on absolute faith and acts upon those orders. Although the orders often have been to be presented over and over again through repetition before they are interpreted by the subconscious mind. Following the preceding statement, consider the possibility of playing a perfectly legitimate trick on your subconscious mind by making it believe because you believe it, that you must have the amount of money you're visualizing, that this money is already waiting your claim, that the subconscious mind must hand over to you practical plans for acquiring the money, which is yours. That's a struggle with that. Yeah. I mean, I I, I do too, but I, I I know there are people who, who, you know, they, they genuinely believe that. And I'm not saying that I don't believe that that's true, but if you believe that that's true, like, you know, uh, I disagree. You probably disagree with me. Um, but you know, I think that's okay. I think that's okay that people have those different opinions on that. I just, I have a hard part. Like he talks about, and again, this, this is just a worldview thing. So, um, I'm not saying that like, you know, whatever, (laughs) this is the best level of review ever, but you know, like he talks specifically in that chapter in the chapter before about like, you know, you you put out vibrations into the ether and then you attract those things to you. But what, what is, I do what think, is the ether? I think it's just like the I don't know spirit world or the universe. Again, it's like okay. one of those. But I think um, the the idea though I, I do like it. Even goes back to five second rule, and, and that was just the most recent book we did, so that's why it's fresh in my mind. Of okay, your subconscious like 
I'll give you an example. I was playing this video game and there's there's scientific evidence to, to prove this. I was, I was a kid. I was like junior high. I was playing this video game and I could not beat this level because the puzzle was too difficult for me, right? I was trying to plan it, plan it, couldn't figure it out, went to sleep in my dream. Was it Zelda? It was Zelda. Nice. In, I've had the same Ocarina scenario. of time. In my dream, I saw the solution to the puzzle. I woke up and I'm like, there's no way. And I did it and it worked. And there's Whoa. a lot of there's a lot of evidence to prove that when you sleep, right? Like when you learn something, your brain actually like locks it in when you're sleeping. That's and so there's certain things you can do like before bed and your brain processes. So sometimes when you're awake, your brain actually is like so full of information, it can't process it all. When you're sleeping, it can process it. So there is an element of your brain might already have solutions and plans for you that you're not thinking about yet. And so I, I can see how like, okay, if you already are, are saying like, I will do this thing, then your brain subconsciously could be processing things that, that, you're just the clutter of your mind can't think of and it could start to give you those things right like five second rule you're walking down you see the gym like you know like subconsciously this is the thing i need to do to achieve this goal even if you've never thought about joining a gym right like so there's certain things that you can do i think to influence and help make your brain work for you yeah. i'm not saying like you attract the things to you but i think that you can make your brain our brains are so much more powerful than we realize and so there, there's probably a, an element of truth of if you can Get your subconscious working for you or, or whether it's subconscious or just a deeper part of your brain working for you, it can help provide solutions to problems that you couldn't otherwise solve if your brain didn't think it had to solve it. But, but, but when you're singularly focused on something, you think about it constantly, your brain is going to be processing the, that stuff and helping offer solutions. I think that's true. Yeah, I think so. I just, it's weird that even though we're in the year 2020, I mean, then again, I never thought. We're talking about Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, no, it's still an amazing, Zelda's amazing. But uh, the idea that we haven't figured out how to unlock that. Yeah, you know? I mean, I'm, I know that the numbers, the old wives tells what you use 10% of your brain. Yeah. Um, I, I think the numbers have fluctuated up and down over the years. What, but it, it's, it's so crazy how, how capable our brains are and how little of it we actually are able to use um, fully. And I mean, that just goes to show like there's probably a lot of truth to some of these things that, that maybe the, rationale of getting there may be wrong in these books or other books, but there's elements of like, but these things actually do work. We just don't necessarily know why. Yeah, I see that. But speaking of that, let's get to the chapter on education. I love that one. So, all right. So when he says knowledge will not attract money. Okay. True. Unless it is organized and intelligently directed through practical plans of action into the definite end of accumulation of money. Look at the one quote I have for this chapter. Uh, it's the exact same one. We're, we're like, we're on sync here. <laughs> That's why we're PHP. Yeah. All right. Now, he does say later on, and we'll, I'll add to it. He says, many people make the mistake of assuming that because Henry Ford had but little schooling, he's not a man of education. Those who make this mistake do not know how Henry Ford, no, do not know Henry Ford, nor do they understand the real meaning of the word educate. That word is derived from the Latin word educo. Did I say that right? I haven't done Latin in a while. Meaning to educe, to draw out, to develop from within. So two things. One is, yes, the application of knowledge is wisdom, which is interesting because he's talking about wisdom, but then earlier on, and we didn't cover this, but he talks about how wisdom alone isn't good enough to make sound decisions. Yeah, I think that's fair. Right. But I think it's hundred percent true. Like how many people do you know that have a head full of knowledge, but like, yeah. And, and that, that might even be the difference between like knowledge and wisdom. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love this concept of the knowledge itself doesn't do anything unless you organize it and put it into action and then utilize it well. Right. And I think that's good. And I think that's, that's some fault with some people is they think just by knowing something it's enough, but you've got to use what you know. Right. 
Yeah. And it's same thing with reselling. Like you could watch all the YouTube you want. You could listen to all the purest of podcasts and we advise you to listen to us multiple times per episode. You could do whatever you want, but unless you are organizing that and putting into action, like take getting even this level up for you, right? We've, there's a lot of things that we're like, yeah, and there's a lot of things we thought were good. And you can take some of these and you can take action by organizing it and making good on it. Right. But if you don't do that, then it's not going to do anything. And if we're talking about reselling, it's not going to make you money. Right. So it's very, very important. Now, I do like what he said about Henry Ford. And I think we're going to read a book in the future called Grit. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a heavy book. But one thing I learned and, you know, in the reselling community, there's a lot of people. I know some people that are very well off that never even finished high school. And I really believe and, I, and, and we're speaking as educators. So it's kind of strange when I say that, that you I 100 percent believe you can be educated and never have gone to college. You can be educated and never have finished high school. Right. But there's a different road to get there. Right. Some of it is through a lot of practical implementation of the same thing over and over and over again. Right. When we read that book, great in the future, it talks about like in order to become an expert in something, you have to have at least, I think it's like 5,000 hours. 10, is it 10,000? It's a lot of time. Right. But you notice that resellers that have reached a certain level, it's very rare, you know, unless you're watching a guru that they'll just pick up reselling and they will be instant millionaires. And they're actually, they keep those millions and they keep expanding and growing. It's a rarity. It's a rarity. Most people, it took some time. It took some work. It took some effort to get to that place. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, and I think too, um, one thing I think he dismisses a little bit, the idea of like almost liberal arts. And I agree to an extent, but here's, and, and I'm, I'm a little classical in my education oh, approach on this. arts give you the skills that, that you can't exactly. get anywhere else. That, that's what I was going to say. So I think that there is a benefit to going to college, to getting a liberal arts degree. And I'm not necessarily saying you have to go to college, but I think a benefit of that, even though liberal arts itself isn't like, hey, but that's not going to help you with computer science. So that's not going to help you as a lawyer. That's not gonna, like, but what it does do is it teaches you, and he does mention this, it teaches you how to learn and acquire knowledge and then to use that knowledge. And so I think that when you have general knowledge, and it doesn't just mean because he uses the example of, you know, Henry Ford and like asking him questions. I think that was who he gave the example of like, well, well, how many troops did the British send to Americans? It's like, well, I don't have that fact, but I can ask somebody to give me that fact for me. I know my business. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think what what I've, I've discovered is most people who go to college get a degree. And then when they get to the job force, they learn 90 percent of what they need to be successful in the job on the job. But what they learned at college allowed them to be more successful, right? Like it mm -hmm. wasn't like they, they might not have learned the program that they need to use. They might not have learned the specific, but they, what they did learn is how to think and how to process. And you can do that without going to college. Like you don't necessarily need college, but like, that's why I'm a fan of like okay, learning Greek or Latin and reading, reading classics and reading. Cause those things help give you a sense, like a deeper route that gives you a broader uh, basically a foundation to build on because you'll learn those things. Like when you get a new job somewhere with the first six months, it's all training. You can learn to do those things on the job if you've already learned how to learn well and think well. Yeah. And it's a great point. I mean, that's why, you know, yeah, obviously we're educators and obviously we're going to have that standpoint, but there's a difference between going to school and learning and learning how to go to school and learn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Cause you know, to be a lifelong learner, 
takes practice. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not something that, you know, this is why, I mean, I really think that's why there's a divide in like, there's some people that can like figure things out really quick. And for a reason, the other ended up with that talent or gift, but somewhere they figured out how to break down information. Yep. Right. And so, but again, I, you know, I even look at my own son, like, I don't think my son's going to go to college. I hope, I hope he does, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to hundred percent push him. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with not, or going to a trade school. And, and it, specifically, if you're going for like specific knowledge, you're going to get more of the specific knowledge you need in that field. Um, like I'll give you an example. So my, my degree is in English. Uh, my master's is in education technology, but I learned by having those degrees, it taught me a lot of things about teaching and, and thinking and learning and all of those things. But my passion, one of my big passions is videography. Um, now I'm learning motion graphics. When I got kind of thrust into the video role at my previous school, I literally took a couple of online courses through like lynda.com, I think is what it was. Or oh my goodness, I remember those. And I, I, it was like like 20 hours of just me and a computer doing the projects. Pre Udemy, yeah, I I learned so much. Like it was incredible, and I know a lot of people who are they go to school to be a, a, a videographer. They go to school to to get into cinema or film, and then I know people who just learned on YouTube on their own. And the people who learn on their own and get the experience and go and get an apprenticeship and actually work can actually sometimes come out further ahead. And so um, it, it's and and give another example. And I was going. I got my associate's degree in criminal justice and it was kind of funny because one of the professors of the class said, just so you guys know, like you'd be better off getting a business degree or a general general degree. Uh, if you wanted to become like an officer or a captain in, in the, uh, in the police force, because we're going to teach you everything you need to know about criminal justice as a police officer, but learning how to be a business manager and manage people that takes a different kind of skill. Right. And so it kind of goes to show like having a general knowledge, you'll learn the specifics either at a trade school or you can learn those things online or you can learn them in the field. Uh, but having a general knowledge is good. And one thing that I really loved on this chapter is he talked about the idea of uh, paid versus free education. And he makes the comment that like he paid for some college classes, some online, it wasn't online at the time. It was like by mail classes that he was doing. And basically the fact that he paid for it, he decided he didn't want to do it and he, he stopped doing the courses, but he was still getting the bills because he legally signed up to take this course and to pay the bills. And he's like, well, if I'm paying for it, I might as well do it. And it motivated him to do it. And he actually makes this comment that he thinks one of the problems with like a free education system like 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 public schools have is although there's many benefits to it is there's not always buying from the kids. And I think it, there's something true. Like it, if, it, if it doesn't cost you anything, you might not appreciate what you're doing. But if it costs you something, and I'm not, I'm not advocating like charging kids to, for schooling at all. But I think there is like, I have a, a friend who he came from, um, he came from Nigeria. He had malaria as a kid. His, his legs were um, severely, you know, affected by the disease. And I think it was malaria. It may have been something else. I'm sorry. I I don't remember the exact, but um, he lived like a mile away from a village that a lady from America came and was teaching English. And he knew that if he could learn English, it would open up opportunities for him. And so he, not exaggerating, would crawl because he didn't have access to use of his legs, would crawl the mile every day to school and back. And it cost him like that was, but he appreciated the school that he got. Right. Mm. Whereas how many students... Like I have so many students and and again, part of it is just our culture where it's like, oh, I have to come to school. And it's like, because they don't realize or because it doesn't cost them anything, the value isn't there. And I think that there's something true about that. Like I paid, it was only $15 for that. I think it was, it's pronounced, somebody corrected us. It's you dummy. No, it's you you dummy. You dummy. Yeah. 
Okay, so not um, you dummy. It's you dummy. Oh, somebody said it was you dummy. Um, but anyway, uh, unless I'm wrong and I'm the dummy. <laughs> Um, but like, okay, so I paid only $15 for the course. That's not a lot, but it's something I want to do. It cost me something I'm going to, I'm going to move for same thing with my master's that cost $20,000, right? And like I paid for it. I'm going to get the most out of it because it cost me something. And so I think that there's, even with reselling, there's benefit to that. If what you're doing costs you something, whether it's, and we give our content for free, right? So hopefully this is not us like, you know, uh, you know, bashing. <laughs> it cost yeah. them having to listen to over an hour of this level True. up. Yeah. So like, if it doesn't cost you anything, like a lesson to learn, or like I'm gonna I'm gonna learn accounting, or I'm gonna learn bookkeeping, and I'm gonna buy this software, and it's very expensive, but it's gonna level up my 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 reselling as opposed to oh this is a free thing I could use this free uh, worksheet or I could use this free um, you know tax program, and it might not mean as much to you, but if you paid five hundred dollars for this tax program, you're more probably more likely to be inputting the numbers every day because it's like man I'm paid for this I want to use it, and so I think there's something to be said about if you're work costs you something or tool costs you something, you might be more likely to use it. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Now the part you want to talk about. Well, okay. So, so here's a few things. So as a podcast, sometimes we need to pivot and Mike and I are going to have to pivot. If people are like, what are they talking about? So a few things. Uh, so a lot, a lot of, you know, or do you don't know? So I, I do have a master's in history, so I'm not a professional historian. You're a professional historian if you have a PhD, uh, but I'm, I'm an amateur historian, I guess you would say. And historians ruin a lot of things. Historians tell you things about people you don't want to know. Historians break down facts. You are like, what? That's not how it happened. Right? You're like, oh, I wish I, I wish I'd rather believe the way I was told in school. It's like right? someone ruining the, the magic trick. Yeah, no, that's what historians do. So I struggled with with this book because the, the the reason I struggle with this book as I'm going through this book there's a lot of misinformation historically like from his discussion about Columbus from his discussion about Booker T Washington from his discussion about all these individuals I'm like what 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 is going on like why why is there a miss and then he talks about talking he talks about talking to Andrew Carnegie right and Andrew Carnegie but and it's pronounced Carnegie, but we'll go with Andrew Carnegie. Can we go with that one? Is that the more popular? I don't know. And as I'm reading, because I'm like, oh, that's interesting because I've never heard of, you know, he's a titan of industry speaking with Napoleon Hill. Like that was new, right? And I, like, I've studied the lives of John D. Rockefeller extensively. I've studied the lives of J.P. Morgan. I've studied, you know, Andrew Carnegie. And this guy never came up. And I'm like, what's going on, right? And then I started doing a little more digging and, and, you know, he talks in here about, uh, Woodrow Wilson and, and, and then I'm like, wait, what? So let, going back to the very chapter one, chapter one, he starts his intro, right? In the very, very beginning, if I go to the intro, he starts with this whole discussion about, you know, he, he, he met with Andrew Carnegie and he spoke with, sorry, he, um, and me to give to the mic. He said, this book contains the secret after having been put to a practical by test by thousands of people in almost every walk of life. It was Mr. Carnegie's idea that the magic formula, which gave him a stupendous fortune, ought to be placed within reach of people who did not have time to investigate how men make money. And it was his hope that I might test and demonstrate the soundness of the formula through the experience of men and women in every calling. He believed the formula, da, 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 and he goes on about his discussions. So I do some research and the, the, pro, the very prominent historians who study 
uh, Andrew Carnegie, uh, say there is no evidence of him and Carnegie ever meeting. And that there's no evidence of him and Woodrow Wilson ever talking. Yeah. And and even beyond that. And- but, but let, wait, let me, let me finish. Go for it. So the argument that Napoleon Hill said at one time was that everything got burned up in a building. <laughs> okay. Now, there is a link below to, I think it was well done journalism about his life that will link below. You read all, read all of it from point A to point B. And then you tell us, like, oh, are we off on this? So I'm looking through all this, and as a historian, whenever something happens, you can't qualify it as true unless there is corroborating evidence from multiple sources, right? Not just a person, right? Because if you think of memoirs, what do people talk about when they write their memoirs? If I were to write my memoir, why why would you question my memoir? Okay, so two things. One, a memoir actually is something that talks about the time more than it talks about the person. Okay, all right, all right. From a, from a literary standpoint. But you okay. like a biography? Yeah, but okay, yeah, so there's a historian. <laughs> okay. From a historian's perspective. So there's, um, there is the, you're an unreliable na- narrator, right? Like, like I'm only getting your perspective on something un- un- unless, yeah, it's corroborated by other people. Correct, correct, right? So there should have been like other accounts, like Carnegie should have had something and Rockefeller or JP Morgan, President Wilson should have had, like, there's, there's nothing. Right. And some people have argued and you read the article that none of this happened, yeah. <laughs> which is, and it, and, it, and it, it was terrible for me because after reading, you know, this, I'm looking at this, I'm like, what? Okay. So what's going on here? And then here's another lesson in this. So we always talk about this all the time. Like we always joke about gurus, right? And I'm a big believer that if somebody's a guru, there needs to be validity, validity to their guruness, right? That, hey, if you're if you're someone I'm gonna look to, that you're claiming that you're a millionaire and you made all this money, then that's what you need to demonstrate. Not saying you got to show me your Lambo, but there has to be something evidence. that there has to be evidence of that. And here, it's interesting if you read into the life of Napoleon Hill, there there's there's no riches. The, the riches are gained from his selling of these ideas, but not the implementation of these ideas. Yep. And so I really struggled with that. And that and with the fact that I, I couldn't find corroborate evidence. You know, Mike and I talked about this and we struggled with this a little bit. Like, how do we do this level up review? Right. Luckily, we can cancel our orders on Amazon because, right, they haven't arrived. Uh, what, what do you think about all this, Mike? Yeah, I mean, there's that, and there's also like other character issues potentially with them. But and 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 I want to just say this, like, and, and again, we're not going into the logical fallacy of like, hey, somebody who has bad character can't discuss truth. Yeah, no, no, for sure. But um, I think I want to at least acknowledge the fact that even let's just say this is all made up, right? Everything that he says, all of the 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 evidence that he gives, let's just pretend it's all just one big metaphor or one, like he just, he's using fiction because you can use fiction. He was a great writer. Yeah. So that may be true. And I think there's, there's an argument to be made that just because the story itself is wrong or, or fiction that the truths behind it or the principles aren't accurate or can't work. And so I I, want to say like, even if everything he's made up, everything, everything he said, as far as like this story, this story, this story isn't actually true that doesn't necessarily in and of itself mean the principles aren't true. 
Um, but I do think that that gives a red flag of, but if that's what you're basing the principles on, as opposed to, because I mean, I'll be honest, I've done that with like students. I'm, I'm teaching a lesson and sometimes I'll, I'll make something up and I usually phrase it like, you know, I had this friend, I'm not saying it's me, wink, wink. And I give this like elaborate made up story and like, and it, and it proves the point I'm trying to make about whatever I'm trying to do. Right. And then they're all kids like, did that really happen to you? I'm like, I'm not saying it happened to me. And I, I do that because one, I'm, I'm trying not to specifically not to lie. I'm using fiction to teach a, a truth. Um, but so there is an element of somebody can use something made up to teach something that's true. Um, but I think if that's what you're but basing that's called, it on, that's called fiction. Right. But if that's what you're basing it on, um, that this principle work because this thing happened and we put into question like, well, maybe that thing didn't happen. Like, are these principles true? And maybe that's up, up to you. You got to decide like, do these principles work? Do they work for you? Is it something that could, I mean, Hey, if, here, if here. these things can help you, then I'm not going to say like the fact that he made it up, whether he did or not, like dismiss it, it doesn't work. Like it might work, but certain elements of it might work or, or maybe it's still beneficial to you. But I do think that we got to c- approach it with like a, but let's be logical and let's think like, Maybe there's some some red flags and we should question things. And there's nothing wrong. You should question everything. But you let's read. look at the previous authors, right, that we've read, right? Grant Cardone, Tim Ferriss, Mel Robbins, uh, Enroll. I can't remember his name. But there's arguments to be made that some of them, like, I mean, we like, for instance, and, and again, I'm not saying this is necessarily true, but there's 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 evidence or people who would make the argument that even like Grant Cardone, that his success is less in the fact that he's selling things than selling the concept of selling, right? Like, or Tony Robbins, who, who teaches people. But that- he has real estate numbers to show. Like, I, and I don't even want to go into that other world. I just want to go about, let's just talk about our, our authors. What we can't say about all our authors is that, that we've read beforehand. Like there is validating truth that what they, they discussed, they were actually able to make it happen for themselves. Not everybody's going to be able to do that, right? I mean, we can apply the principles. I I wish I could be like Tim Ferriss and work four hours and travel the world. Like, I wish, right? And maybe it's because I haven't applied myself, right? Being a real estate mogul like Grant Cardone would be awesome. That, I, you know, I'd be a lot of pressure, but it'd be fun, right? Mel Robbins, right? Five Second Rule. She has her own TV show, right? That changed her life, right? Uh, Adam Wall <laughs> McRaven, right? Make your bed. The principles of discipline and dedication. It all helps. I'm trying to look at everybody up there. Uh, and you know, we had the richest man in Babylon, but that was more like, you know, that was storytelling, right. right? To, to get arrived to the truth. But with all of those, there was validation based on the authority, right? That these individuals had actually had, they had one scenario that in their own personal life and they, people can go back and go, yep, that's right. Regardless of what you believe, whether you believe Grant Cardone, you know, makes more money now because of his selling of his programs which Grant Cardone, you should come on our show sometime. It'd be great. We yeah. appreciate it if he's ever going to listen. But uh, but that's the case, right? I mean, it's even let I'll even put it to the case of I'm going to get crazy here, like Jordan Belfort, Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Whatever you think of Jordan Belfort, right? He served time, blah, blah, blah. That guy understood Wall Street. He understood how to make millions. Didn't do it the right way, but he knew how to do that, right? Different scenario here. Right. I, I, I really I see too much of reaching into. I, it's, I have a hard time when I'm trying to read a story that's supposed to be factual and then I find out that it's not true at all or not even close to ever happening. But to, to play devil's advocate here, what if and again, I'm not trying to, you know, smear his name. Well, where what does this Napoleon podcast Hill, go right now? What if Napoleon Hill 
What if the thing he believed, what if his goal, what if the thing that he was trying to achieve was, I am going to become famous and either make lots of money or sell this idea of something that I made up, of made up stories. Then he was successful. Like, we don't know. But we won't know because the Napoleon Hill Foundation doesn't provide access to his archives. So I, I see as a historian, that's a problem. So. But but he's famous right now for Oh no, he's big. Like so, right I mean, now, maybe we're that probably was his gonna goal. get multiple thumbs down right now. Let's just be real. But maybe that was his goal, right? Like a lot of people and again, I'm not like saying like, okay, Napoleon Hill is is equivalent to a cult leader. But think of like people like that. People who are all they want is like fame and notoriety, right? Like that's what their desire is. And they get it and they they reach it. And even if they have to do something wrong to get there, like maybe that was his thing. Maybe it was like, I'm going to become, people will be talking about me for a hundred years. He was successful. So does that, does that then, you know what I mean? Like if that was his goal. Okay. We're going to end it with this. There are truths, like we said, that you can always find, right? If you're, truth is truth is truth, right? Regardless of the vehicle, truth is truth. Okay. So, you can re if if think and grow rich has been great for you, then ap- keep applying those principles, right? If it has worked for you, we'd love to know. We'd love to know, right? Because regardless of the author, there may be principles in there that are super legit and applicable. But as far as Piroso podcast goes, we're gonna close the book on <laughs> think and grow rich. Yeah, it's not the book for us. And we're gonna pivot to another book. And we apologize to all of you. Yeah. And again, I don't want people to say like, well, you didn't give it a fair shot. Like I will probably read the whole thing. Um, I just don't want to, I don't know if I could talk, do another two episodes or another episode. Cause I feel like I understand the principle, even like the five second rule. I feel like, okay, like once you understand the principle, like how far can you really go with it? It's, you're just giving more anecdotal evidence. Um, so I, I, I'm not going to say like, Hey, I didn't give it a fair shot. I will give this book a fair shot. And I think you should, you should decide yourself, give it a fair shot. Um, but as far as the podcast goes, you know, I think maybe we can um, provide even more value with with a different book. And that's our goal. Our goal is to provide value. Yeah. And I think if we pivot and choose a different book, we'll be able to provide more practical value. Yeah. So always trying to keep it real. Hope you stick with us. Hope you, you appreciate us keeping it real. And uh, yeah, looking forward to our next level up review. And I hope you are too. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please. Please.